Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. To ask you what you see when you think about Jesus. Let's do something together. Let's close our eyes for a moment. I'm going to give you just 10 or 12 seconds and ask you to think about Jesus. In your imagination, what we might call our mind's eye, think about Jesus. Okay, from the wonderful, back to me now. (laughs) What did you see? Did you see anything at all? What do you think about when you see Jesus? What would you like to see? Maybe you'd love to be in that moment where you close your eyes and you could see a face. Distinct features and characteristics as you would anybody else's face. Maybe you'd like to see Jesus smiling at you because you'd love just to know that sense of approval as he smiles at you. Maybe some of you today would say, well, I'd I'd love to see him reaching out his hand as if to perform a miracle for me. Or maybe for some of us today, it's been difficult because we didn't see anything particularly God-like at all. We were struggling in our imagination. I get that. I understand that. I know what that feels like. Maybe you instinctively thought about one of those portrayals of Jesus we've seen on the big screen and on the small screen. Maybe you realise, as I do, it must be the hardest part to play in all of drama and acting. But there's some people who've had a go. People like Robert Powell, who in Jesus of Nazareth, released in the early 1970s, those piercing green eyes. I don't know if they're blue or green, but they were piercing. Do you know what's interesting is, when the the TV series, which hit our TV screens, was out, and it, it had such a widespread... After a little while, Robert Powell went to the media to say, could you please ask churches to take my picture down from in their churches? Because people thought that must be what Jesus looks like. And what about Jim Caviezel, who in The Passion of the Christ portrayed that graphic representation of the crucifixion? He famously said, I don't want people to see me. I want them to see Jesus. Or most recently, probably my favourite, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen. As you can watch The Chosen now, it's on various different platforms and streaming platforms. But these guys who have taken on the hardest part of all to somehow try to represent Jesus. But when we talk about seeing Jesus, is that what we really mean? This sense of being able to understand the facial features of this amazing person. Well, here's the first thing I want to suggest to you today. I want to suggest that seeing Jesus is more than seeing Jesus. Now, I know that sounds a bit of a contradiction, so hang in there with me for a moment or two, and I think you'll get where I'm going. What I mean is that seeing Jesus is not seeing what he looks like. It's seeing who he is. You know, true beauty is not what a person looks like. It's who a person is. And when you truly love someone, 
you can look beyond the surface of their appearance and see who they are. Now, I've got to tell you, my wife and I do celebrate Valentine's Day because she loves to do it. We love to get the Marks and Spencers two meals for 20 quid deal. <laughs> she loaded in there the other day and got the steak and the vegetables and the profiteroles. We even get a starter. And Waitrose even do it now if you're more posh than Marks and Spencers. But you know what? I know that my wife is beautiful. She's always been beautiful to me, not just to look at, but I know her. I see daily the beauty of a character in a nature. I see the other side a little bit now and again, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> but I know that she's a beautiful person inside, which makes her even more beautiful outside. Because the reality is that true beauty is more than just we see. And I want to say to you today that Jesus is always more than we can see with our eyes. He is so much more than that. And every day that we pick up our Bibles, because I hope you really do, we see Jesus represented in those amazing gospel accounts, those four gospels which paint portraits of who Jesus is. And I want to share one of those with you, just the little story of a blind man who encountered Jesus. We read it in Mark chapter 10. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Maybe that you're here today, you're watching in online or in our site, and you've never yet encountered Jesus. When I was reading this passage, there were some powerful things that struck me that I think are true if you really want to see Jesus and you've never seen him before. I think the first thing you see is that you hear about Jesus before seeing him. You may have been here and coming to our services or in our Alpha course, or you may be watching online and you've heard about Jesus, friends have told you, and you will hear about Jesus just as Bartimaeus did before seeing him when, when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth. And Bartimaeus hears the, the hurry of the crowd and he hears the noise, he can't see anything. He's blind. He doesn't know what's going on, but he hears about Jesus. I want to say to you today, you are beginning to hear about Jesus. This may be the first time, but I'm telling you about someone who can change your life, and his name is Jesus. The second thing is that you hear Jesus before seeing him. What, you do, what do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. And so, so often, many people say, I won't believe in God, I won't believe in Jesus unless I see him. 
You know, because we have this maxim, don't we, that seeing is believing. I want you to know, in the life of faith, believing is seeing. And when we actually hear Jesus and we sense him speaking to our lives, you will be amazed at how much we begin to see him. But the other thing that I want you to really know today is that you see Jesus when you ask him to help you. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. And if you're here today watching online and you really want to see Jesus, I'm going to give you the opportunity before I finish in three hours' time. I know you're listening when you do that. I'm going to give you the opportunity to say, Jesus, I want to see you. But there are those of us who are followers of Jesus, and like me, you've been a follower of Jesus for many years. And we know that there are times when we feel we become blind to the reality of Jesus in our lives. We've lost sight of him. And I've learned in my own walk with God, there are a number of reasons. I'm just going to highlight three to you, but I think there are more. But I think we are blind to Jesus when we're focused on ourselves. I know the challenge of that. When we're so consumed about our thoughts and our feelings and our plans and our hopes and our aspirations, and when we purely are focused on ourselves, we lose sight of Jesus. And we're blind to Jesus when our lives are out of condition. Have you been there? Because I know I have. I've lost sight of the life that God has called me to live. And I've drifted and I've allowed myself to go into places that have not been healthy and not been good for me and I lose sight of Jesus. But also, we are blind to Jesus when our attention is elsewhere, when we're distracted, when we're so preoccupied with things that are important, but not the most important of all, which is seeing Jesus in our lives. And so seeing Jesus is more than seeing him with my natural physical eyes. It is something more than that. And I believe it's possible, but it's probably different for us than those who saw him 2,000 years ago in the gospel accounts. Because here's the second thing I want you to see, that seeing Jesus is not a visual thing. And the reason many people don't see Jesus, don't comprehend him, don't understand him, grasp him or have a relationship with him, is because their hearts are closed. It is not a visual thing. This is an internal thing. It's an internal encounter. If Jesus ever came preaching a religion, it was a religion of the heart. It wasn't a religion that was based around external activities and things that we do. It was about becoming somebody by an internal encounter with him. And when we talk about seeing Jesus, we're not expecting a vision to appear on the wall. That would be great, wouldn't it? That would be wonderful, but it would actually be fleeting in so many ways. Now, many of us can go our whole life, most of us, if not all of us here, can go our whole lives and never see Jesus. I am somehow, though, deeply moved with those amazing stories of people across the world, often from religious backgrounds that are so opposed to Christianity who have dreams and revelations of Jesus. In the season that Amanda and I were in, a number of years ago, when the great privilege of our life was to lead Christian Life Centre in Birmingham, we had an influx of Iranian refugees coming to the church who came to meet Jesus. We, we had so many, we had the, one section of the church were there. And there were a number of them who would say that they had a dream of this person who spoke to them and said, follow me. And I believe those things happen, but they don't happen for me, I'm afraid. Haven't happened for me, but I still 
believe I can see him. Because John records Jesus saying these very wonderful words that Jesus told him. You believe because you have seen me. Missed that bit. Glad you're watching. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. I have never seen the face of Jesus, but I believe in him today. He's everything to me. He's the sum total of my heart and life. And I see him in so many other ways because the reality is I have to learn to fix the gaze of my soul, my inner person towards him to begin to comprehend who he is. I have to begin to think about things outside of the normal and natural, eternal things. I know that might sound, if you're watching in or you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, a bit spooky. But I believe it's real that we are more than just this three-dimensional being and world that we see. All around us is the reality of God. He's here. He's among us. There is a fourth dimension, Yonggi Cho famously wrote in his book, the dimension of faith where we see God outside of what we can touch and see and smell and taste. And the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and he said these powerful words that therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Hey, that's a whole other message that I really don't have opportunity to go into. But I want to say to you that there is so much that you can see if you look through the eyes of faith. Do you know when somebody says to you sometimes, I can see what you're thinking. My wife says that to me. It's an illogical statement. How can you see what someone is thinking? There's this difference, is there, between women and men. You know, ladies, you look at us and you say, I can see what you're thinking. The shock for you is that we're often not thinking what you think we're thinking because we don't really think as much as you think we really do think. (laughs) So how can you think you know what we're thinking when we don't think as often as you really do think that we think? (laughs) 35 years of marriage. Wonderful marriage. See, it's not that you see with your eyes, but you perceive from other things around us. You perceive from other experiences, from other things that surround us. So when we talk about seeing Jesus, we're saying that the awareness of God within us and around us is convincing us that Jesus is real and Jesus is here. I've seen Jesus as we worship this morning. It wasn't Abby or Kate singing or Alison singing, therefore, as, as wonderful as that was. No, I saw Jesus when I engaged in gratitude and thankfulness to him. Had an awareness that he loves me and he's with me in this moment. When I see Jesus, I see mercy and kindness and compassion. But I also see honesty, justice and truth held perfectly in balance. And if you open your heart to the Holy Spirit, whether a follower of Jesus of many years or whether you're listening in or you're here and you've never yet encountered him, I guarantee you can see him too. Here's my final thought. In seeing Jesus, we see who we are meant to be. Have you ever heard anybody say, I've had an epiphany. 
Now, it has various different meanings. We know it's a celebration, a kind of Christmas celebration that some Eastern Orthodox cultures celebrate around the 6th of January every year when they believe the, the wise men finally arrived at the, the place where Jesus was. But actually, it's a word that speaks about a sense of revelation. It's the lights going on. It's my awareness awakened to something I'd previously not seen. And you may have not grown up being a follower of Jesus. I know many of you didn't. And you can remember that moment or remember that process where suddenly the lights went on. This is real. He is real. He is who he says he is. He is who they've been telling me he is. And it's the most wonderful revelation, the most wonderful epiphany that we can have. And that's been true for so many people here in the room, so many people watching in online, that when we open our heart to him, it was like we could see things we'd never seen before. Some people, I love it when you hear those testimonies, and Jane and Leon will encourage you to think about baptism, and, and we would do that because one of those wonderful moments where very nervous people stand up here, but they don't realise the power of what they say when they say, you know, and suddenly I realised the sky was blue <laughs> and the grass was greener. What they're really saying is life took on this multicoloured dimension. It became more real to me. And the reality is that we see some things when we see Jesus. One of the things I think we see is who I was created to be. This sense of purpose the sense of the reality that I suddenly understand that I was never a mistake. You know, just this morning in my own quiet time, I've just read Psalm 139 this morning and was moved again where the psalmist says, you know, there's nothing I can't hide from you. You know everything about me. I was actually quite moved by the verse that says, Lord, before a single word is on my tongue, you know it. And I wrote at the top of my Bible, I think sometimes God says, don't say it, Stu, don't say it. Because he knows it's there, don't say it. <laughs> but that knowledge that God has of me, but the psalmist goes on to say, before I was formed and knit together in my mother's womb, you knew me. I want you to know today that seeing Jesus will remind you and tell you, you're no accident. You are here on purpose, for a purpose. God created you to know him, to love him, to be with him. I love the 39 Articles of the Church of England, the Westminster Catechism. It dates back to the 17th century. And in those questions that those old saints in the early founding of Protestantism in our country were writing, the first question they write is, what is the chief aim of man and woman? And the answer is this, it is the chief aim of man and woman to know God and enjoy him forever. Knowing who I was created to be. Knowing the shape God planned for my life. Just like Paul when he writes to the Christians in the city of Rome. And he says this to them. And I'm reading it from the message translation. He decided, that's God. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him. Along the same lines as the life of his son. Wow, what a standard. What a benchmark. But the reality is that the mold is Jesus, that he's trying to show me more of Jesus. I need to see more of Jesus to understand not the appearance of Jesus that I might look like him, but the character of Jesus that I might live and love as he lived, as he loved. But this is the most exciting thing for me. So if I get carried away, you're going to have to just excuse me. When I see Jesus, I see who I will one day be. 
I see that my life measured in just a short span, just decades, is nothing by comparison with the promise that hangs over my life today. That I am more than, I can be more than I ever imagined I was called to be. And one of my favourite verses in the Bible in regard to this is from 1 John 3 verse 2. Dear friends, I want you to hear this over you today. Dear friends, we are already God's children. Amen? We're God's children. But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we know this, we know that we will be like him for we will see him as he is. We'll be like him. That's the miracle of what God does in our lives. I cannot on my own ever be like Jesus. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, living surrendered to him, desiring to be like him, seeking after seeing him, I can be like him. And that moment, the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. Look at the person next to you. They're not going to be that bad forever. They're going to be changed. In the twinkling of an eye, we will be like him because he is all that we are called to be. Sometimes when I look at myself, when I really look at myself, I'm left disappointed. But I need to see not the reflection in the mirror in my bathroom, but the reflection of God's word that says I'm his child and he has a plan for my life and he does for you a purpose. He's making me into somebody more than I could ever be. He's changing me from the inside out. Paul says later in, in 1 Corinthians 4, being changed from glory to glory. And I'm on that journey with him. And the way that that continues, the way I invest in that journey, is I just say, I want to see you. I want to see you in my world. I want to see you in my problems. I want to see you in my pain. I want to see you in my joys. I want to see you in my celebrations. Do you want to see Jesus today? One more verse from 1 Peter, chapter 1. And here Peter writes to Jewish believers spread by persecution. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I can't paint a picture of what Jesus looks like with a pen, with a, a brush or a crayon. But I can say this to you today, he loves you. He is love. He is truth. He is mercy. He is healing, justice, kindness, faithfulness, patience, hope. And if you exercise faith, then you can catch a glimpse of him today. We sing so many new songs and I love them. But we also now and again sing some songs that shaped my life and my faith. One of them says this, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We're going to sing that in a moment. But maybe we can just pause and bow our heads for a second and take a few moments. You know, we're going to be hurrying off a little while. We'll maybe have a coffee, a tea or those watching online will, will turn off and get on with our day. We have this moment, friends, to turn our eyes towards Jesus. Don't struggle with some 
desire to create a mental image, just from your heart say, Jesus, I, I look to you and I want to see you afresh. I'm going to pray. Katie's going to lead us in this song, this beautiful song, before I come back and share a little bit more. But I just want you today to reach out to him. Use the words of this song. I'm going to pray now and then we'll sing it. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you sent him into our world to live the life that we live. To understand the pain that we live and the challenge and the distraction, the disappointment and the joys and the celebrations which sometimes seem only too few. But in this moment, would you open our hearts by the Holy Spirit that we would be men and women in this place watching online in Cleebury who would find in this moment we see your love afresh. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. To invite Jesus to come into your life. If you're here, if you're watching online, this is the most important decision you will ever make. God loves you. He sent Jesus into our world to bridge the chasm between us and God. To pay the price for all the wrong that we'd ever done. To give us the opportunity to be restored into relationship with God the Father and have eternal hope and eternal promise. I know that may not make complete sense as you listen, but you know something is inside you. Jesus is speaking to you at this moment by his Holy Spirit. You're hearing his voice because it might feel like the adrenaline in you is about to burst out and God is saying, I'm calling you. Jesus is saying like he did to Bartimaeus, come to me. And I'm going to invite everybody to pray a prayer with me. I know many of us, I've known Jesus for 48 years, I've been his disciple for 48 years. But I'm going to pray this prayer. I want us to pray it out loud, just a short prayer, so that everybody in this room who wants to pray that prayer, and if you're praying in Clebury or praying online, we can help them. Would you join me? Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me from all my sin and make me a child of God today. Change the way I see you and life. Give me the gift of eternal life, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. One minute. If you're a believer in Jesus, I want you to just keep your heads bowed. I want you to be praying now. And if you prayed that prayer, I'd just like you to lift your hands. Our host team have something to come and slip into your hand that will help you know about next steps. It's difficult for me to see everybody, but our team are out there. If you prayed that prayer, would you lift your hand this morning? Somebody out there? Thank you. Anybody else? Yep, just lift that hand high. Folks are coming to you now. That's wonderful, folks. Anybody else? This is powerful. This is a wonderful moment as people surrender their lives to Jesus. If you're there in Clebury, you do that. The team there will help you. If you're watching online, we want you to drop something in the chat that we know we can help you. Why don't we all stand together as we sing this again? Let's just rejoice. Let's worship. You know, heaven's rejoicing now. People have said, I want to follow Jesus. So let's 
worship him together.